Welcome to the Resilient Mind Podcast. In this episode, you will be listening to Developing a Success Mindset with Jim Rohn. Get access to the Mental Mastery Program and other exclusive episodes by becoming a subscriber. Enjoy. For things to change for you, you have to change. Don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems, wish for more skills. It's not less problems that makes you successful, it's more skills that makes you successful. I tried to convince him by showing him my paycheck that I wasn't doing well and I blamed it on the company. And I said, this is all the company pays. He said, no, that's all the company pays you. I thought, well, that's a new way to look at it. He says, doesn't the company pay some people three, four, five times this amount? And I said, well, yes. He says, well, then this is not all the company pays. This is all you get until you requalify, accelerate your qualification for the bigger numbers. See, that was all great revelation to me. I tried to convince him that things cost too much. He said, no, you can't afford them. All of these were new ways of looking at things. Unbelievable. And so I started listening to all this stuff. Now, some of the things that really accelerated my learning curve so that I could do better quickly was learning the success equations. Here's three of them. The first one comes from the Bible. The question was asked, you know, 2,000 years ago in the Bible, according to the storyteller, what is the key to greatness? What's the key to self-esteem? What is the key to getting honors and trophies to put on the mantle above the fireplace? What is the key to receiving great respect? What is the key to wealth and abundance? What is the key to all of that, an extraordinary life? And here's the answer that was given, capsule form. According to the storyteller, the answer was, find a way to serve many people. Find a way to serve. Find the ways and means, start rendering service. The more you serve, the greater your fortune. Service to many leads to greatness. Key. Next, John Kennedy. Speaking of politics today, we're surrounded by political speeches. Here was one of the best, John Kennedy on his inaugural to be President of the United States all those years ago. Here's what he said, don't ask. Wow, don't we wish that was the current political philosophy. Where is John Kennedy? Where is he? John said, don't ask what the country can do for you. Ignore these promises of what everyone's saying, what the country can do for you. He said, don't ask what the country can do for you, but ask what? What could I do for my country? See, that's the whole turnaround in philosophical thinking. By asking, you receive so little. By serving, you receive so much. So rather than settle for the pennies of what someone could do for you, why not turn it around and find some way to serve? It's a pretty simple process. Here's what I taught the Russians. Johnny mows Mrs. Brown's lawn. She pays three dollars. 
Every time he mows her lawn, he collects $3. Thinking in terms of what could I do for my country? Surely Mrs. Brown is one of the members of the country. So he mows her lawn and collects $3 and starts what we call an income and a career. Now what's next? And here's what the Russians were excited about. What if Johnny gets Pete to mow Mrs. Brown's lawn? She still pays the $3, but now Johnny gives Pete $2 for mowing the lawn and keeps $1 because he's the one that got the work. Now we have the beginning of an entrepreneur. Now we have the beginning of fortune. Here's a good note to make. I started part-time on a little adventure learning skills and disciplines and here's what I began to say with my little part-time job. I said, I'm working full-time on my job and I'm working part-time on my fortune. And the reason is because I found the mechanics. I found the philosophy. I started working it, serving other people. One way to serve is to mow Mrs. Brown's lawn and get the three dollars. The other way to serve is to get someone else to do it and you collect that extra money. Finding ways to serve. That's the key to wealth and greatness. Then here's the next one, and everybody knows this one. I heard Zig say it over 40 years ago, Zig Ziglar. And when he said it, I wrote it down. And if you haven't ever written it down, write it down. If you help enough people get what they want, you can have everything you want. If you help enough people get what they want, you can have everything you want. When I heard Zig say that, I wrote it down, and maybe you want to do this. Underline the word everything. That's what was intriguing to me about this sentence. So these are the success equations. This is the wealth formula from the Bible, from John Kennedy, from Zig Ziglar. Now, make these notes. In the journey of personal development, one of the first things to learn is the lesson of the seasons. Let me cover as much of this as I can before we take our first break for the day. The lesson of the seasons. For your notes, life and business is like the changing seasons. One of the best ways to illustrate what's happening in your business, what's happening in your life, is this illustration of the changing seasons. Frank Sinatra used to sing, life is like the seasons. Now here's what's next. You cannot change the seasons. One of the things to, you know, come to grips with is what you can change and what you cannot change. You cannot change the seasons, but here's the next phrase, but you can change yourself. Therein lies the chance to live an extraordinary life, learning to change yourself. In an economic sense, my mentor put it this way, to climb the ladder of success as high as you wish to climb, here's the key, work harder on yourself than you do on your job.
work harder on yourself than you do on your job. He said if you work hard on your job, you can make a living, which is fine. But if you work hard on yourself, you could make a fortune, which is super fine. Then let's put it in philosophical language. Two things on economics, philosophically. Here's the first one I learned. Your income is primarily determined by your philosophy. You know, I didn't learn that until I was 25 years old. They never taught it in high school. I went to college one year and never heard it. Your income is primarily determined by your philosophy, not the economy. Then when I finally understood that, I got excited about it because I knew I couldn't change the economy, but I was assured that I certainly could change my philosophy. And I did that. And here's the philosophy. Success is something you attract by becoming an attractive person. Success is not something you pursue. It's something you attract. So the key to the better economic future is to become an attractive person with an attractive personality, an attractive list of skills, your knowledge of the marketplace, your ability to deal with a variety of personalities, all of those things that anyone can learn with a bit of study, practice, repetition. So the key is, you cannot change the seasons, but you can change yourself. But let's talk about the seasons. Just in a brief outline here. Number one is the winter time. I don't know where we've caught you this weekend. Maybe it's spring for you. Maybe it's summer, you're toughing it out. Maybe it's harvest, you're cashing it in. If we knew the story, we'd let you lecture. But maybe for some of you, it's one of those winter times. Personal winters, social winters, economic winters. There's a variety. So what about the winter? Make this note, it always comes. So you gotta be prepared. Hopefully you've done your homework. You're ready and prepared for this winter more than you were some others that have come into your life where you were less prepared. Make this note of a Bible story. It's very important because it's one of the great lessons of life. I'm an amateur on the Bible, but here's what the storyteller says. There were two nice people. So make the note now, two nice people, not one good and one evil, but two nice people. However, and that is the drama of life. However, two nice people. However, one built his house on the rock and the other built his house on the sand. Two nice people. Meaning it's possible for nice people to be casual. It's possible for nice people to be careless. And sometimes you can be careless and lose your life. Not evil, just careless. In Los Angeles now, when the light turns green, if you're in your car and you're there at the intersection and the light turns green, you better not go. For two or three seconds, waiting for the maniacs that are running the red light, 
crossing in front of you, even though the light is green, that little extra bit of caution, rather than being aggressive, little bit of caution could very well save your life. Here's a father who loves his family. He's an honorable citizen. He makes good money. He contributes to the community, his church. He's a good man. But this morning he's in a hurry in Los Angeles, late for an appointment, and he's pushing it and pushing it with his automobile. He comes to the intersection and the light turns red, and a little voice in his head says, go ahead, you're late, you can make it. And now he's dead. You don't have to go to Iraq to lose your life. You don't have to be evil to lose your life. All you have to be is a little careless at an unfortunate moment. So the key is to be not overcautious, but to be cautious. Don't build your house on the sand. Now add this note now, we're all tempted. When I was growing up, there was a cartoon of a little boy. And it showed this little boy with a little devil on one shoulder and a little angel on the other shoulder, both whispering in his ear. And the little devil said, go ahead and do it, it'll be okay. And the little angel says, no, 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 it won't be okay. Yes, go ahead and do it. No, no, no. How often does that occur for all of us? Every day. Go through the red light, it'll be okay. We must beware, okay, not to be careless, not to be casual, and build your house on the sand. The same is true with your health. Don't build on the sand. The same is true with your career. Don't build on the sand. The same is true of being in business. Don't build on the sand. Build on the rock. Because even nice people can make careless decisions, casual decisions that accumulate over a period of time. And those could be the winter. Now here's the note to make. Some winters are of your own making and some are not. Some are just the winter experiences. Maybe the whole country goes through it. It was a long time of winter for the Russians who lived through the communist system for about 80 years. Long winter of political despair, lack of freedom. But what's the key to the winter? Here it is in simple language, hang in there. I mean, you know, winters don't last forever. Some are difficult and some are easy, but they never last forever. The night always comes after the day, but it doesn't last forever, just a few more hours. And if you hang in there, say your prayers, gather a little strength, you can make it through the winter and the night. So winter time. Here's the next season now, the season of spring. Make this note, my definition of spring, opportunity. Spring is not a guarantee that you're going to have a harvest, but it's an opportunity to plant one. It's not a guarantee that things are going to go well and you will accumulate what you need, but it is an opportunity to do so. Springtime is opportunity. Now it's usually a very short season, especially where I was raised in farm country Idaho. So here's what you must do with opportunity. Seize it quickly. Don't let it just come and go. When the window of opportunity is open, to borrow a little space language, 
when they get ready to shoot the rockets or off into outer space, there's a window, they call it, of opportunity to go, not go, when the weather's right and whatever. But if, if you wait a little too long, the window closes and it takes a while for it to open back up. So this is the key. Take advantage of the spring, such a short season. In some places they got those big tractors with the lights on them going around the clock in the short season of spring to make sure that the seeds are planted. Take advantage of opportunity. Take advantage of opportunity to meet someone who could be a colleague for your future career. Take advantage of the day when it arrives because the day will soon finish. Take advantage of the year because it will soon close. Take advantage. Now here's the next season. One of the greatest illustrations of life is in the third season called the season of summer. And here it is in simple capsule form. In the summer you must do two major things. Here they are for your notes. Number one, nourish and give life like a mother. Nourish and give life like a mother. Next, protect and defend like a father. This is called the work of summer. Give life like a mother. Take life like a father. Love like a mother. Hate like a father. Any father would say to whatever threatens his family, take two more steps toward this family, you'll cease to exist. I'm father. I protect, I kill if necessary. So you've got to nourish your garden. And then you've got to protect it by fighting the weeds and the bugs that are out to destroy it. As soon as you've planted, the busy bugs and the noxious weeds are out to take it. Now put this line in your notes. And they will take it unless you are extremely father-like and vigorous. You have to develop a hatred for evil. The old prophet said, love good and hate evil. Because those twin forces are at work always. Even in the beginning of the beginnings, Lucifer, according to the storyteller, tried to take over God's throne, didn't succeed, and so began the story of the creator and the spoiler. And so exists for all of us, this great drama of the ability to create, but the destroyer not too far away. In another seminar I give, here's what I say, and this is good philosophy. It seems like opposites are in conflict and we are in the middle. Evil on one side, good on the other side. Illness on one side, good health on the other side. Darkness on one side, light on the other side. And they're in conflict. If you walk into a room that's dark and turn on the light, the darkness disappears and goes away. How far away does it go? Not very far. Waiting for a chance, what? To come back in. Move in, take over the territory. As light begins to lose its energy, darkness moves in. There's a war on. It's, here's what it's called. Push-shove. As we sit here, right? Good health plan is trying to defeat illness and drive it into a small corner. If you don't work on your good health plan, illness will drive your health into a small corner. It's called push and shove. 
In your bloodstream, there are red corpuscles to nourish like a mother and white corpuscles to fight and kill like a father. Thank God for white corpuscles that think negative all day. <laughs> white corpuscles say, just show me some infection, I'll kill it. Because if I don't kill it, what? It kills you. White corpuscles say, it's my job today to make sure you don't get killed. So I'm here to fight. Have you got that now? Red to nourish, white to fight. So here's the key now, cooperate with the positive side of this war of health and illness. What if in this struggle the body calls for a banana and you send it a Coca-Cola? <laughs> and now the body has the right to say what? Whose side are you on? I'm working day and night to drive illness into a small corner and keep you healthy, and you keep sending me the wrong stuff. Come on, just a little cooperation here, and we can win this game. But see, if you don't do your push-ups. And what was that little voice in my hotel room this morning that said to me, Jim Rohn, you don't have to do your exercises this morning. You're running a little late. And this little creature on this shoulder almost talked me into it. <laughs> and the little angel says what? No, no, no. No, no, no. Fall on the floor one more time. Do those push-ups. A few crunches. A little modified version. Yes, because you are late. But you've got to keep up the pace. See, that's called what? The work of summer. Now, turn this around because it's also possible to love like a father and hate like a mother just so you get the job done. And if it's a single parent, right, you've got to do both the work of father and mother. It's extraordinary. But mother is capable of hate and defense and protect. Because I think years ago, Papa was off providing, Mama was home protecting. So she developed these instincts of danger in order to protect her family. Women are good. Women are unusual. They have this antenna that picks up all the stuff, especially danger. In the middle of the night, the baby cries. Mama's awake. Papa sleeps. <laughs> Mothers sleep near the surface. And the least little movement or sound, they're awake. It's built in, the female mother, that instinct. She says to her husband, go look, go look. Something isn't right you know, downstairs. He says, no, everything's fine. She says, go look. He says, okay. He gets up in the middle of the night, stumbles downstairs, and the front door is open. How did she know? They just know. I don't know how they know. They've got this instinct, especially for danger. Interesting story in the Bible. It says there are sheep and there are shepherds and there are wolves. Fairly ordinary story, shepherds and wolves and sheep. But that's not the end of the story. To illustrate a point, the storyteller says, there are also some wolves that have learned to dress up like sheep. Now you need a woman. 
Man says, looks like a sheep, talks like a sheep. Woman says, ain't no sheep. <laughs> okay. Have you got this now? The work of summer. Here's what it's called. High drama. Nourishing and protecting. Nourishing with one hand and protecting with the other hand. Even the battle of the mind. Here's a good note to make on the battle of the mind. Don't become a victim of yourself in this battle of the mind. Should I, shouldn't I? Let it go. No, don't let it go. Run the red light. No, be a little more cautious. Think of your family. See, we, we have to continually do this. Beware of the thief on the street that's after your purse. But also beware of the thief in your mind that's after your promise. That little thief that says you're too short, you're too tall, you're too old, you've never done it before. What makes you think you can do it now? Nobody in your family has ever done it. In fact, if you start, they'll all make fun of you. It's called the thief in the mind that steals the dream and steals the promise, makes you less effective than you should be. Here's what you must do, battle with the mind. Now, what's the purpose of all of this opposites in conflict? Here's what I think it is, to create high drama. God wishing it to continue on earth as it did in heaven. I guess that's the best conclusion I've come to. Because here's the last of this now. Would it be possible to win if you couldn't lose? And the answer is no, it doesn't seem like it. If you took a football today and put it under your arm and we went with you to the nearest football stadium, and with that football under your arm, if you walked across the goal line, would we call it a touchdown? And the answer is no, that's not a touchdown. It's not a touchdown until you face the 350 pounders that want to smash your face in the turf. And if you can muscle by them, and if you can dance past the secondary with the football under your arm, cross the goal line, now we call it a touchdown. And maybe you won the game and maybe you won the championship. So jot this down now. High drama is the order of the day. I guess so ordered by God himself. High drama. But that's what makes life so unique, so challenging, so much opportunity. A chance for fortune and a chance for failure. And you've got to defend yourself against one, see if you can't maximize the other. That's the game of life. Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you're enjoying the content, you can access exclusive material by becoming a subscriber. Continue strengthening your mind by listening to our other episodes.